Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Every company has a story to tell, from the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between. This is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Marco. Sean. Test, test, test. <laughs> you know, do you know that the joke that you see once in a while, like a pen tester that is testing a pen, like clicking <laughs> constantly? I can't get out. I can't get that out of my mind. Right. I know. It's just it's so stupid and so funny at the same time. It is. That, that's testing, right? Testing that, the pen. Testing the pen. I like that. <laughs> and I, I was thinking of going with the number nine, number nine. It's kind of the same thing over and over and over. Um, there's a lot to lot to say about obviously we're talking about pen testing here <laughs> there's a lot to say about uh how pen testing has evolved uh, over the years and kind of where we sit today yeah there, there's a lot of i mean it's at the core of a lot of security programs right how, how do you know what you've done is sufficient yeah you have to take some take some uh tests against it Absolutely, and also it's uh, it's uh, the evolution of pen testing. I remember when we were talking about it like seven years ago, eight years ago, and uh, how it was kind of looked as you know I'm not gonna let people and in my stuff right. and and see if the something is broken. If something is broken, you know, as they say, neither you you wash your dirty clothes in the family, right? But <laughs> that's that's not the case, and I'm so glad that. We had so many conversations with uh, bar crowds, and we have helped, I believe, to share uh, the the importance and and people. The I mean, this company really made the difference. So I'm excited to yeah. catch up with them. Absolutely, and I often joked in some of the earlier conversations that everybody is running a bug bounty, <laughs> whether they know it or not, right? And and perhaps the same same message can come through. Everybody. Everybody's prone to a pen test, whether you do it yourself or organize it yourself or not is another question. Um, but I'm thrilled to have uh, Justin Kestelin on from Bug Crowd. He, he's going to help us get a view into what the future of pen testing looks like. And of course, one good way to do that is to look back in time to see how we've evolved. Uh, what can we learn from the past to help us see a better future? Uh, Justin, it's great to have you on. Thanks, Sean. Very happy to be here. And if we could start um, maybe a, a quick view into your role at Bug Crowd, some of the work you're doing there, and maybe touch on why pen testing is a topic that you're interested in and uh, why you're on to talk about it with us today. Absolutely. Um, well, I'll start off with my introducing myself a little bit. Uh, I'm the head of product marketing at Bug Crowd. And... Uh, for listeners who are not familiar with Bug Crowd or what we do, I should probably start with that as you know, uh, as the foundation and playing a baseline here. Uh, Bug Crowd basically provides a platform for crowdsourced cybersecurity, and that's the what. Uh, the why is that, uh, as you guys know, I probably don't have to tell you this. We're living in in by far the most elevated threat landscape anybody has ever lived through. 
uh, in IT. We hear about breaches every single day. And it feels like as an industry, we've been spending billions of dollars in cybersecurity for the last 10, 20 years. And it doesn't seem to be making that much of a difference. And the reason for that is that most tools and most solutions in cybersecurity tend to be very reactive. They're, they're more about damage control and understanding where you've been attacked and who's attacking you um, and how to respond. Um, but as an industry, we need to go on offense. We need to have a better understanding of what our attack surface actually looks like to an attacker. Uh, in other words, to have a attacker mindset and understand where your vulnerabilities are and how they can be exploited uh, by people out there uh, in the wild. And the only way to do that really is to engage with the security researcher community out there in the world, which is gigantic and massive and rich and very diverse. Uh, because these are the people who understand what tools are used, what techniques are used, what attack surface looks like to an attacker, as I mentioned before. And that, that's really indispensable knowledge that you need to bring into your company. So the how uh, is, well, how do you do that in a scalable way, in an, in an efficient way? Because we all know that this notion of crowdsource security began, uh, you know, or has its roots in, in bug bounty, which is, you know, probably 20 years old at this point. Uh, but... Uh, it, it, as an industry, if we want to engage with the security researcher community at scale in an efficient way, you have to do that with a platform, with a software platform. So you need to combine that vast human intelligence and untapped human ingenuity that, that's in that researcher community. And you need to combine that, number one, with technology that makes engaging with that community very efficient. And two, data is very important because you need to add context to every situation um, so that you're not, when you see a new vulnerability, you're not seeing it for the first time. You can attach some kind of contextual intelligence to that so you can understand, you know, its, its priority and, uh, you know, how, how harmful it could be to you potentially. So that's kind of the summary of what bug crowd is and what we do. And that leads me to your question about penetration testing, because penetration testing, as, as you both know, has been around for a long time. I think it was invented in the 70s. Um, and it's a pretty standard tool in the toolbox these days, uh, very standard. And in fact, uh, a lot of companies, or I would say probably most companies, certainly those in regulated industries, have to do penetration, penetration testing for compliance reasons. So it's kind of something that's baked into the, the security landscape today. And it's one of the main expressions of security readiness or security posture, I think, that, that is out there today. But... I think one thing that's really interesting about penetration testing and something that I've certainly learned uh, recently is that everybody has a different definition. So although penetration testing has been around for a long time, you know, when we talk to customers, everybody kind of has a different take on it. Um, you know, some people think of penetration testing as just doing sort of a table stakes vulnerability scan. Some people think of it as a way to put multitudes of humans uh, on an attack surface and find every conceivable way to, to get into that attack surface and then pivot. And then there's a whole bunch of range, ranges of things in between. Um, so there's a wide variation of how penetration testing is defined. Uh, and then when you throw red teaming in there, that it makes it even more, more complicated of a conversation. Um, so what we try to do is we try to start from the goals and then go backwards. So we try to understand what the customer's goals are uh, and then understand, you know, what 
you know, how penetration testing can deliver on those goals and what form it needs to take to do that. So that that's kind of a, the high level on that. I'm, I'm so glad you just went there, Justin, because as you were describing the, the example definitions of which there are millions, I'm sure, uh, they seem to be rooted in the how, how is it done and what's done uh, perspective exactly. and, and, exactly. and less about the outcome. What are, what are we trying to accomplish? And yeah, depending on that, uh, I think defines who does it, what do they do, how often do they do it, uh, what, what results do they have to, to meet to say they quote unquote done. <laughs> and so where, where I want to go with you now is kind of the, this idea of how things have evolved. So you, 1970s to 2020s now, uh, we're what, 50 years, if I can do some math in, into this, um, things look differently, right? Perimetered walled off gardens of uh, the corporate infrastructure no, are no longer. They may exist for some things, but uh, everything's cloud. We have containers, we have APIs. Um, the world looks different. So how, how has penetration testing evolved with the way that technology has evolved and the way the businesses are using technology to deliver their services to customers and partners? So in short, not well enough. Uh, and the reason, <laughs> and I say that, <laughs> the reason I say that is you kind of hit the nail on the head there uh, in that the targets have changed dramatically in the last five to 10 years. So it's no longer, uh, you know, just web apps. Now targets include APIs, they include IoT devices and servers, they include cloud platforms. Um, I mean, you name it, the targets are just so much more complicated now and so much more challenging. And the techniques that are used to address, uh, address those, those goals have not evolved enough in, in our opinion, in my opinion. Um, some progress has been made, which we can talk about a little later when, talk, when we talk about solutions. But I think the fact remains is that penetration testing has its roots in this sort of consultative model um, where you'll, you'll work with a provider and they'll treat your pen test like a consulting project. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll find a, a team of pen testers for you and they'll kind of do like this one-off project that sometimes takes weeks or even months to launch, certainly takes months to complete. And you have no visibility into the process while it's happening. And at the end of the, at the, end of the pen test, you get this report that lands on your desk and it, it might not be kind of what you expected. Um, I'm going I'm to jump in, Justin. Is that by design, the lack of visibility? I know, and I'm going to well, be a little harsh on, the, on the, some of the community here, because I, I think we kind of hold, we, this InfoSec community, kind of hold ourselves up on a pedestal as having knowledge that uh, the general, general IT person doesn't, certainly the business person doesn't have. And I'm just wondering if the way that pen tests are designed, are they... Are they designed that way to kind of keep keep a, a lock on <laughs> on the process and and well, um, make it so that you can't do it yourself or can't can figure it out yourself? Well, there, there, yeah, in in a way, I mean, there's I think a couple reasons for that. Number one, it goes back to that definition problem that we talked about before. In that, um, if you don't really want to know what the customer's definition of a penetration test is, you can probably or maybe just provide like a really low end vulnerability scan and then just dump the results and say, there, we're done. 
And the other part is that, again, if you're a pen test provider, it's, it's kind of to your benefit if you're, if you're taking this consultative approach to treat every project like a one-off because it just means you can spend more time and sort of do things, to be honest, in an inefficient way. And in particular, if the customer, for example, needs different sets of eyes on their targets, you know, and that's something you should do because you want a diverse group of pen testers um, hang, ban, uh, hammering on things. You know, sometimes that requires actually using different providers. Like you might have to, in, to engage with two or three different providers to get the coverage that you need. And that, that's maybe good for the industry, but it's certainly not good for the customer. Yeah, let, let's stay right here. Cause I, I'm thinking like, you know, the difference between checking the box, which is like, okay, I gotta do this. So let me hire that company and they're gonna do the minimum required amount so that I can be clear. And uh, versus, and I'm going to play with words here, checking the box versus thinking outside the box. And that's what you do with a crowd. So tell me a little bit more about this innovative way at the time that Bob Crowder had to really source to the crowd these. And, uh, and I guess getting creative with the process. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you do have to get creative. And there, there are a couple reasons for that. And, and one is the skill set issue, which is that, uh, again, the targets are getting so diverse and complicated now that it's very unlikely, A, that you're going to have that talent in-house and B, even your provider is going to have it. So, you know, where are you going to find the people who actually know how to pen test an API? You know, that's not a, that's not a trivial thing. That takes a special, special skill set. Um, I think, you know, in some cases, a pen test is something that's just used for tech checkbox, check, excuse me, checkbox purposes. And then there are other use cases or customers in which it's all about risk reduction. Like they, they just, they don't want to take any chances at all. And it's all about just minimizing risk um, and everything in between. And I think the main thing is you shouldn't have to make a choice. I mean, you, sh you should be able to reduce risk and check the compliance box if you need to do that. Yeah, and yeah. I want to I want to jump in, Justin, because I'm going to mix a couple of things here. Because you, I think Marco and you both kind of alluded to there's kind of this la first layer of analysis, right? And that that could produce a lot of data, a lot of results that have to be addressed. And even just getting through that first layer might be uh, a good risk reduction, and certainly eliminates or a lot of that first layer results. Um, but in reality, it's, it's usually, well, that, that API is leveraged to access uh, a certain system which, or an app, which is then used to access credentials, which is then used to act, move laterally, whatever. I'm making stuff up here. My point is it, even just that base layer isn't really what's going to happen in the real world. And I think it's, it's the power of the crowd to, and I know a lot of the researchers work together where you'll have folks who are strong in APIs, strong in IOT, strong in, in, uh, in Linux and, and windows and what have you. And together they kind of find this path knowing, knowing what they know from doing research so, so often, but also knowing what the, uh, the bad actors do. Uh, to succeed in in their attacks, so I don't know if you can maybe kind of describe how that's evolved over time as well. 
Yeah, I think really what you're talking about is quantitative versus qualitative results. Yep. So um, I think in, it's fair to assume that most customers, most people who are running pen tests will expect it, at a very minimum the, the quantitative approach, which is what vulnerabilities did you find? Um, and that's something a scan can do for you in some cases, or maybe if it's something, in some cases it does require human-driven testing if you're talking about um, things that a, a scan won't pick up. But there's also the qualitative side, which is, well, how, how would a, an attacker chain these vulnerabilities together, for example? Uh, and I think you just provided a couple examples uh, to exploit, uh, to build an exploit that could really be harmful. Um, and to, uh, to do that second part, again, requires A, experience, but it also requires some historical knowledge and some contextual understanding of how, how vulnerabilities can be chained together. Um, and that's not something that every pen test is going to provide. Uh, so again, it's really about setting expectations or at least understanding what the customer's expectations are. And in some cases, you know, those expectations are too low. Like, I think in some cases, customers are actually surprised about what they could expect from the results of their penetration test based on their experience with other providers, which maybe, again, have just provided sort of like a, you know, a scanner dump with, with no, no context, no understanding of what's a P1 versus a P5, um, and no understanding of how those volumes perhaps could be chained together in a way that's potentially harmful and malicious. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a hard balance act between focus too much on too little and maybe focusing too wide and maybe not getting deep yeah. enough, right? Yeah, scope is important. Scope yeah. is it's very, very important. Yeah, setting yeah. that up. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit of the technology, maybe, you know, I mean, I don't want to go back in the 70s, but uh, maybe a few <laughs> years ago and, and how the crowd is already a really strong methodology and how is the new technology helping the pen tester to work together as teams i know from different parts of the world but still like you know operate and and execute the the pen testing they need to do yeah well i i think there's a, a huge variety of tools that are available now um, when you think about the I mean, let's just talk about open source for a minute. I mean, think about all the doors that open source software has unlocked in the last 10 years in the security area and everywhere else. Uh, I mean, the, the richness of the tool, the tooling ecosystem today is something I think we've never seen before. And uh, one of the reasons for that, or I, I should say that's one of the reasons I think that the, the threat landscape is actually so elevated now is that you know, A, there's this huge variety of tools that are available and they're available to more people uh, because the community is so, uh, the knowledge transfer across the community is so frictionless now that it's, you know, pretty easy for somebody to pick up knowledge about how to use uh, a new toolbox if they want to do that. Um, and there's a tremendous amount of knowledge out there in the community too about how to use those things. And that's another uh, another reason or that engaging with the crowd is so important because you as a company, you're never going to really have that attacker mindset or that understanding of what kind of tools would be used, could be used and in what combinations internally. That would be a really rare thing for, for a, a company to have uh, within its walls. So that's why it's, it's just super, super important to be able to take advantage 
or I should say to repurpose that offensive mindset and that offensive tool set for defensive purposes. And talk to me, Justin, about the, I'll, I'll say the, the concept of creativity because tools don't do what they do on their own, right? Yep. The people behind them actually get them to do what they need to do. And what I'm trying to, what I'm picturing in my head is a run of the mill pen test organization that's there to help a company get the checkbox um, is going to push the buttons. Like they know how they push the buttons. The, the whole, whole goal for them is get the report over to the client without wasting a lot of time and money um, versus let's say uh, a researcher who really thrives on finding the way in. Right. So kind of to this point of going deep where, where deep is needed, making it through the first level to the next, to the next, to see actually what what is the outcome I can achieve as a researcher, which then as a report back is the outcome, hopefully the response and remediation of what that researcher found is the outcome that the company really wanted versus just the checkbox of, yeah, I scanned a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So can you talk to me about how maybe continuing with the, t the technology piece, how the tools enable the researchers to be creative? So taking some of the taking some of the mundane, I don't say mundane, but some of the, the the common tasks and allowing then the researchers to really get creative with how they do what they do. Yeah, I mean that you, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's really a, it's about human ingenuity. Now, the tools only get you so far. Uh, the key thing is that there are a lot of people out there who know how to use these tools in combination in very productive and interesting ways uh, to uh, find ways into your attack surface and to pivot and to stay there. And um, you cannot replace that ingenuity with automation. It's literally impossible. And one of the reasons for that is that the tools we have today, scanners, for example, they were built to fight the battles of yesterday. They reflect the, uh, the knowledge about attack surface and the techniques that are out there um, you know, they, they're encoded in that software, in that code base. Um, and that, that happened in the past. So there's always this, this huge amount of emerging threats and emerging techniques that are, that are always bubbling out there. Um, and we see the malicious actors using that, that to their advantage. Um, and the new tools just don't reflect those emerging threats. They can't possibly do it. So we're, we're kind of in the cycle actually where, um, the security community is um, creating all these interesting new uh, ways of, uh, 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 of gaining entry into an attack surface. And then over time, those new techniques and approaches and that ingenuity is kind of encoded, again, is brought back into those, those automated tools. But that takes time. And while that's happening, you as a customer are in the middle of that cycle and you're, you're kind of helpless because your tools are never going to be uh, on the cutting edge of, of where the, the attackers are. One thing that comes to my mind, obviously, is one of the tool that, I'm gonna call it tool, because everything is a tool, right? I mean, if, if you want, you have one thing, that thing, you can use it as a tool. But what Bug Crowd put together is from the beginning, the, the, the idea is the, the platform. So I'd like for you to kind of explain quickly to an audience that maybe haven't heard about Bot Crowd, 
what is the concept of the platform that is not just a some random bunch of people just throwing spaghetti to a refrigerator or in the wall and see what's stuck uh, right. so like the coordination of this i think that's that's what the platform does yeah that's exactly right among among other things i mean I, the way i would summarize it as Again, I think crowdsource security in the past was approached kind of like a consulting thing. And what we've done is we've operationalized that and we've built a platform that takes off all the hard edges of that process and allows you to do crowdsource security across multiple kinds of use cases and to do that at scale. Uh, and what I mean by that is you shouldn't have to run one bug bounty at a time or choose between a bug bounty and a vulnerability disclosure program, or choose between one of those two things and a penetration test, you should be able to do all of those things simultaneously in a very coordinated way, in a very efficient way, and to be able to bring precisely the right group of researchers or the right crowd, as we like to say, into those workflows at exactly the right time. And you can't do that with consulting. That takes a software platform that's very data-driven that ha has automated workflows from end to end. And that, uh, when, that when that process is, is complete, integrates with your existing security and development processes so that all those bad things that you've found uh, can flow directly into those existing uh, processes for fa very fast remediation. And that, in that uh, involves a, a bunch of different steps, but you know, a couple things I po would point out is number one, Again, having the right crowd working on the right problem, because uh, if, if you have a very specific goal, for example, if you need a penetration desk, test done on, an, on firmware or on an IoT device, you need specialists working on that problem. You can't have a, just a, a group of random people working on that problem for you, because what you're going to get is a lot of noise. You're not going to get high impact vulnerabilities. That's number one. Number two, uh, you need to be able to engage with those researchers in a very productive way that they get value out of. So in other words, you know, they want to work on programs that are interesting to them. If I'm a security researcher, I want to work on cool stuff that I find really challenging and very motivational. And yeah, maybe I want to be paid for that uh, in some cases through a, if I'm working on a bug bounty, for example. And if so, I want to be rewarded fairly and I want to be rewarded quickly. And there are a lot of workflows associated with that. And that's something really only a platform can do in an efficient way at scale. And then the, the third, uh, third and fourth thing I would point out is number one, you need to be able to prioritize. So sure, maybe I, I, can, I can uncover you know, 500 vulnerabilities within uh, you know, a very short time span, but if I can't prioritize those things and I don't know what to work on first, then you've basically just done a scan and you have a lot of noise and you have no idea what to remediate first. So you need very, very high quality triage that, that's very fast, uh, particularly when, of, of course, when P1s are uncovered. And that really helps you focus on the things you need to focus on quickly. And there's a lot of sausage making behind that, um, that I think a lot of customers underestimate with respect to complexity and time and overhead. And then the, the final thing you need is access to really rich data. So our platform, our platform, for example, has what we call a very, very rich security knowledge graph. And what that is, is basically a database of vulnerabilities and asset profiles and remediation strategies 
and even things about researcher skill sets that we've gathered over the last 10 years, building you know thousands of different customer solutions. And because we have access to that data, um, we can help you understand and provide context around things that you find and that you see through our platform. So you need all of those things working in really close coordination. You know, we, we call it, a, again, a balance of data, technology, and human intelligence. And those three things need to be orchestrated very carefully and very elegantly. And you need a platform to do that. I love it. I know we wanted to talk about kind of the, the, what it means to reimagine a, a pen test program. And I think you just described that there. So what I want to do now, Justin, is maybe we're not done. Don't worry. We have more to talk about. But I want to go back to the beginning and talk about the outcome. And I know you also mentioned the, the idea that, that uh, customers need to rethink why they're doing this. So I don't know if you feel free to to uh, to drop names if, if it's helpful, but um, any stories you can share where your customers have have worked with you to say, okay, we've, we've done it this way for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and BugCrowd helped us reimagine what we need to do to achieve the outcome that we really need versus just ticking the box of compliance. And therefore, we accomplished X, Y, and Z. Is there anything like that that you can share with us? Yeah, well, I, I don't want to use names because I haven't cleared that with the customers in advance. So of I can course, talk, yeah. I can talk generally. But, you know, the first thing I'll say is uh, you, the first thing we'll always do in one of these engagements is ask a lot of questions. So, you know, we're not just taking orders. We don't, a customer, if a customer walks in our door and says, I need a penetration test, you know, the, the correct answer is not right away, we'll go, we're on it. The correct response is, okay, well, let's understand what your goals are for this penetration test and how you define penetration testing. And then there are a bunch of other pretty provocative questions that we ask. Um, and I'll, I'll give you some examples. You know, sometimes we ask customers, you know, how would they feel about being able to launch their test in days uh, instead of that process taking weeks? That, that's something that often opens ears. That alone will, will open ears and eyes. Uh, what if you could pick uh, the right pen tester team, again, for the, your precise goals and your environment, and you could actually rotate people within that team when you need to do it without having to engage with another provider? What if you could, while the pen test is running, not only see the findings that are coming from the team, um, but to see them in a, prior, 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 excuse me, in a prioritized way, and not only that, but you could actually see the, pro the progress of the pen test while it's happening in real time. So in other words, if your pen test team is following a particular methodology, what if you could actually see that checklist and see the progress of the checklist over time? That's something nobody's been able to do today. So these are the kinds of questions that, that we ask customers. And when we do that, again, their eyes open really, really wide because these are things you could not do with traditional pen testing. Um, and there are other examples of things that are really interesting about this approach. For example, you can run pen tests with BugCrowd not only in a time boxed way in a variety of different, what we call t-shirt sizes, you can even run a continuous penetration test. Um, and for customers that, again, are very, very focused on risk reduction, that's something that's very interesting because in that case, what you're doing is you're combining 
the results that you would get from a methodology, like a traditional pen test methodology, with that incentivized crowdsourced model where you have hundreds or even thousands of eyes looking at your targets. And, and that th these people are, again, incentivized to find really high impact vulnerabilities. So that's kind of a pay for results model versus a pay for effort model, which is, again, something you should have the option of doing if you want to do that. Um, I think the, the final thing I want to point out, again, that, that opens a lot of eyes is that we allow customers to run pen testing alongside bug bounties and DDPs, uh, not in a silo. So they don't have to run their pen test in a silo anymore. They can actually run it alongside all the other stuff that they do. And they'll have a single view of all their data and all the results. Um, and that's what we call a strategic approach to cybersecurity as opposed to a kind of a reactive ad hoc approach. So and, go ahead. No, Justin, I have a quick question because I'm thinking like that that uh, example that you use about the t-shirt size. Is there a size of a company that benefit more of about crowd approach, a crowd approach, or is it scalable? I mean scalable like every every size of company could use that. Uh, it's totally scalable. Um, again, it depends on what your goals are. It depends on what your appetite for risk is. It depends on how you define a penetration test. But the key thing is that because you have a platform that's available to you for doing these things, um, you can scale up, you can scale down, and you can repeat. So you can run uh, basically, again, what we call penetration testing as a service. You can run a penetration test on demand when you need to do it in exactly the configuration that you need. And you do that through a software platform. You're not doing it by setting up a, a this, you know, this weeks or months long sort of consulting engagement. It's much, 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 uh, much more efficient than the traditional approach. And, you know, we think customers really are, are glomming onto this uh, because I think penetration testing in the, in the industry as a whole has suffered from low expectations in the last 20, 30 years. And customers have been trained to have those low expectations. And then when you help them reimagine what a pen penetration test can actually achieve for them, it, it completely is completely enlightening. Um, and the last thing I'll say about scale is that uh, you have to understand that there are also different use cases for different targets within a company. So if you want a, a large company, for example, will probably need to run a variety of different kinds of penetration tests, which could range again from very simple, sort of more scanner-based vulnerability discovery type approaches, which they might need to do for compliance, all the way to, again to that you know maximum risk reduction for very critical assets where they might even want to do testing continuously. Yeah, and, and maybe you can touch on some of the in, environmental stuff here, because as you're painting that, uh that slider scale of, of uh, comprehensiveness, if you will, uh, in there is a common thread of, of operating systems and cloud OS and containers and I know the things like IoT and, and cars and ICS, industrial control systems. So each environment has its own unique things as well. Some might run uh, a Salesforce app. Some might run uh, integrations with uh, with Jira or so, I don't know. I'm making stuff up here again. But the point is, each environment is going to look a little different and require different collection of expertise. And I think the the variety of the crowd 
throughout that that scaling uh, model you have uh, really helps, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, most companies have different kinds of assets, and those different assets require different skill sets. And there are some companies, again, that are cloud native, and there are companies that run on premises, and there are companies that are hybrid, and there are Java shops, and there are .NET shops, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, there's There are as many environments as there are people in the world, it seems like. And I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's an unfair expectation to think that anybody can handle every use case all the time. Um, sometimes you need specialized skills. And the beauty of it is, is that when you, when you need those specialized skills, you can find them in the crowd. They're somewhere out there in the community. And the people who have those skills are going to be very, very motivated to work on your, your projects because they're going to find it a challenge. And it's going to be much, much motiva- more motivational for, motivational for them. And the result of that is just really, really strong engagement and better results. You know, you're going to see the fact remains, you will see better quality results than you would find with a more traditional approach, which, again, the results tend to be quite noisy. Um, and you know, one thing we always try to help customers understand also is that it's really about quality and not quantity. Like we're never going to tell a customer they're going to find more things. Uh, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. But the key thing is that the results they get are going to be much higher quality and uh, much less noisy than they would get from a traditional approach. I love it, Justin. And I'm going to, I'm going to take this moment now to, to, uh, use your quality, not quantity or quality over quantity, I should say, uh, message, uh, and say that we don't want to drag this on. Uh, we, we, I think we, we've covered a lot of important things here. Um, now is the time to really understand how bug crowd can give organizations the quality they need for their own environment. And that comes through connecting with you and your team and, and the research community that you've pulled together. So a final word from you, Justin, on how folks can take some of the first steps to, uh, to take advantage of the pen testing as a service offering that you provide. Absolutely. Well, I think the simplest thing is just to mosey on over to bugcrowd.com and look for the penetration testing section underneath our products menu. And you'll find a, uh, a whole, a whole bunch of detail beyond what I've provided today in this podcast, including a, a, an ebook that we call Penetration Testing as a Service Done Right, that again will provide a lot more detail than I provided today. And I think hopefully answer any unanswered questions that anybody listening might have today. So I think that's a good start. And, uh, you know, the second thing I would recommend is getting in touch with us because we can just have a conversation with you and understand what your needs are with respect to penetration testing, help you understand what we can offer you through our platform, uh, do a demo and uh, you know, take the conversation from there. So that would be my recommendation. A conversation to reimagine pen testing done right. I love it. Exactly. Nice one. Well, Justin, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to share with us uh, the, the, the power of the crowd and the power of the platform and how it's time to redefine and reimagine and testing and uh, thrilled to have bug crowd on to uh, to share this story with us for everybody listening of course there'll be uh, links in the show notes to connect with bug crowd to grab a copy of the ebook uh, that's online 
and uh, of course to connect with Justin as well. So thanks everybody. Thanks, Marco. Well, thanks everybody, and uh, always a pleasure catching up with Bug Crowd, and looking forward to many, many more conversations with, yes, with you never guys. Yes, ever-evolving story. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, then share itsbmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.